a Highline podcast. No normal people. My friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your host, Dixie Lee Henning, and this is No Normal People Nights. This is the podcast where we (laughs) prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. And yeah, it's Nights Edition. Dixie is Stephen in the morning. But opposite. Nights. Wait, what? <laughs> that's not, that's the, the Is that theme a joke song. from Community? Yeah. They say it. The dick, <laughs> Troy and Ovid in the morning. morning. Nights. <laughs> that's very good. That's very and funny. And then they call and they call Annie from the other room and she picks up and she's like, it's three in the morning. <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. We're making a late night intro nights. day before the episode drop. Um, I was looking at the calendar and since we last released an episode we went to salt lake city yeah for a very sweet trip yeah i dragged you to a metal show that yeah, you turned out to enjoy i didn't hate it yeah and you got some sweet merch i got a shirt and then we went to the zoo we went to the zoo we spent, saw elephants spent time with the harbor seals and oh, the monkeys so many monkeys we watched the monkeys a long time it was did very you good. see that video of the monkey or the gorilla yeah no yeah yeah yeah. this is a family show so we're not gonna talk about that one um if you're an adult just gosh i mean google recent gorilla videos we did this last year where august just like became butt it just became crazy and we missed a few episodes to be fair we like moved in august there you go you know what I do like about this every other week schedule for no normal people is like if you miss one episode, you pretty much miss a month. Yeah. Um. Oops. Whoops. Thanks for bearing with. Yep. If you're sticking along with the no normal people train here. Yep. The show is tired and then also we're tired. Also so we're tired. Steven doesn't have eyes right now. There's just slits in his face. Yeah. Do you see the reds of my eyes? No, I see nothing. It's just... Get it, though? It's not whites of my eyes. It's reds of my eyes. Yeah, like red eye. Because of bloodshot and dry and itchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Whatever those are. Allergies? Maybe. Pink eye? Probably. Could be. We got a dog. Guys, we got a dog. New addition to No Normal Pets. She's so perfect, guys. Dachshund chocolate lab mix. She's she's a Doxador. Doxador. Which is a Dachshund Labrador mix. a powerful... Yeah, um, and it's important. It's important that we have a silence before I tell you her name. Her name is Duck. <laughs> Duck Newton. Duck Newton. Henning. Henning. Yes. <laughs> we adopted her from the shelter. Mm-hmm. She is a little over a year old, and she's basically the size of a puppy, like a puppy lab, like a lab puppy, and a full-grown dachshund. Yeah. A big do- like she's a big dachshund, <laughs> but she's a really small lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At certain angles, it's like, oh yeah, dachshund, and you then but it. like you see her from the front, and it's right. like that's a lab. <laughs> yeah, 
So that also happened since we released an episode. That was kind of a big deal. And we Uh, had our first like down weekend in mm -hmm. probably five weekends in a row last weekend. Yeah. So we kind of recovered. And then this weekend just got away from us. But we're here. We're here. We're recording Monday night. This is coming out Tuesday morning. Yep. Welcome to No Normal People. Nights. Before we (laughs) introduce, thank you. Before we introduce our guest. Would you, my love, tell me about your new show? Yeah, absolutely. So this show that I started, it's about um, we we rate uh, socks on their durableness and smell. Mm, yeah. yeah, because we figured that's that's good podcast content. An no, audio I'm kidding. Medium definitely I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's my old show, <laughs> Scratch and Sniff <laughs> Podcast, is what you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's really scratch good. Scratch and Sniff. Excuse um, me. Can that's a good name. <laughs> That is a good name <laughs> for a podcast. Thank you. It's they're five minute episodes. <laughs> yeah. And listen, it's not about socks. You buy candles. Oh yes. And on the air, <laughs> quote you unquote, the on the air. No, you just light it, it. You smell it, and then give a five minute review oh, of what it good. smells like. That's good in a completely dark room. Well, it wouldn't be with the candle. Shh. It's an ASMR. No, it's, it's, to find ASMR. Out, it's to find out how good the candle actually is, both in like giving light and smell. That's funny. Steven, what do you call uh, the aroma that you get from a candle? What is what is that word called? Listen, <laughs> when I'm at... No, no, no. Just say what it get is. Can, where do we buy candles? I don't know. The grocery Walmart? store now? I guess. When I need a new flavor of candle... It's not a flavor. I... <laughs> Taste and smell are so inextricably linked. Steven, you don't put things in your nose when you want to taste them. You shove when you're like, Tell oh, that, I wonder what this carrot no, with ranch no, tastes like. No. And then you shove the carrot up your nose. Is that how you do it? Is that how you get the flavor, Steven? Tell that to no. my sense of taste when I have a sinus no. infection and I'm trying to taste. <laughs> Nothing. Steven, Nothing it's not is what a comes flavor. Through. You don't eat candles. It's all flavor. No. Words are just made anyway, up to be helpful. Sure. And sometimes they're this not. Is, and in this, this case, is, flavor this is the right whole, word. This whole thing was to talk about my new podcast. Yes. The Author's Intent <laughs> podcast. It's author's Intent. I started it some time ago and then I fell off. I fell off the, the train. What it's is your that old, word? new, old show. Your yeah, new, my, old, new show. My old new that's old it. show okay there you go yeah yeah that's it right um essentially i just like find a book that is also made into a movie and i talk about the differences between the book and the movie mm-hmm. um and it is all opinion and almost zero fact so don't come at me this is good <laughs> a lot of live googling yeah yeah yeah. like names of actors yeah yeah i liked that and the I, hunger I, games like, kick I'm not off gonna, what, research why would I what? do that? You do. I will vouch for you, though. You read the book in its entirety. Oh, yeah. No, watch I read the, the whole book. And I, re- I watch, like, I'm going to be, so I'm in the Hunger Games right now. Yeah. The second episode comes out this Friday. Um, and then the next com- episode comes out next week, next Friday. Yeah. And I will be starting Beauty and the Beast or Disney Classics. And I'm going to be going into Beauty and the Beast. And I, wa- <laughs> I have an excuse to watch movies now. <laughs> Essentially, (laughs) so I watched Beauty and the Beast today. (laughs) It was great. You have not the live action. Nope, nope. You have two movies to watch. I'm not. Nope, 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 nope. Because one of them is a travesty, Stephen. 
And I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Dan Stevens is, is not a, a tragedy. gorgeous, beautiful he man. And Emma Watson is a, just like an angel that has fallen from heaven. I get that. But that movie is garbage. I disagree. I it's like it. It's hot garbage. It's good. It's terrible. Uh, Luke Evans has guessed on. <laughs> no, though. Dan Stevens. No, Dan Stevens is the uh, the beast. I almost said the Grinch. Oh, I was. Sorry. I have it right. It's the Grinch. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I have it right. Come at me here, okay? Gosh. <laughs> Dan Stevens plays the Grinch in the new in Beating the, Beauty the Beast. The beast. <laughs> Disney got weird, you guys. They yeah. started buying everything and Yeah, essentially like they've mashed up the like Whoville and uh France. It's true. <laughs> anyway, so your new show is called Author's Intent. Uh we put a trailer out yep. on the KNP feed. You yep. are uh you have joined the Highline Network yep. with You're Author's welcome. Intent here. I mean, thank you. Elevating the whole game. Elevating um, Highline. I will tell you, I admire <laughs> the ability to speak speak at a microphone alone in a room because I am just terrible Steven, at it. See, the thing is, I don't care about what anybody thinks. Wow, ever. and I do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I can talk to myself for hours. Um, You know this because I had a whole tangent about koala bears the other day oh, yeah. and you were only half listening. I just kind of just stopped. And like, I just, I can just talk. It's true. About anything for so, like a really long time. You're well suited for it. Yeah. Uh, where can people find the show? Where they can where can they subscribe? Well, and stuff? you can go to the Highline website. We're on there. Yep. Um, and then uh, you can find us on Instagram at Authors Intent and Twitter at a underscore Intent Podcast. Fantastic. You also have somewhat of a link tree people could go to. They could go to podlink.to slash Authors Intent. I knew I had that. You have that. I made it for you, my dear. <laughs> I'm been, thoughtful. Yeah. I come bearing gifts. I Thank love your you. revamped artwork, too. Thank it's you. Nice. I, I made like the baby it. blue, that eggshell. Baby blue. Blue color. Yeah. It's very pleasing. Thank you. All right. That's enough self-aggrandizing. It's, it's, and uh, the, the art is pleasing, and then you start the podcast, and you're like, oh, this girl's aggressive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's enough personal plug. It's a trap. I suppose. Sure. Let us get to our guest, Mr. Drew Fulcher. My boy. Really? No, I've met him That's twice. That's the kind of familiarity you want to go with. No, no, no. Yeah. You've <laughs> no. met him at a couple Christmas parties. Yeah, yeah, That's it. Yeah. Um, his girlfriend really likes rocks. It's true. She's a um, geologist. So I think that I might like his girlfriend more. Okay, so we're talking about Maggie more at yeah. this point than we're talking about Drew. I know. There's... Drew and I work together at the refinery. Yep. Um, he sits right across from me. We get to hang out quite a lot. Yeah, and his girlfriend is a geologist. <laughs> yep, we established that. Uh, Drew and Maggie moved to Billings um, from Florida a yep. few years ago. You know when you hear those stories about Florida man? It's all Drew. Drew is the Florida man. <laughs> Drew is Florida man. We found him. <laughs> Listen, you joke, but that's what he's called in the office. Oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> so we work together. He is also a D&D &D nut, like nut. we are. He brews his own beer. Yeah, he does. And we tried one of his beers just it recently. It tastes like pickles. Pickle beer. Friends. I don't, I, like, I get it. I didn't like it very much just because, like... It freaked me out a little bit, but it like it's new. good. It was good. It's good. Absolutely. It just made my mouth surprised. It's <laughs> a mouth surprise. <laughs> Pickle mouth we, surprise. Oh, 
we we joke with Drew in the show about him starting the Drewery. Yeah. The, oh, so good. Very I powerful. forgot about that joke. My goodness. Drew has some crazy stories, too, about being uh, a Florida man well, in Florida. The Florida man. He has a run in with the cops in Florida before he moves. That's just absolutely insane. Um, And you should definitely just listen to the story. To find yeah, out. I feel like we should just go to the roll the roll the footage. Roll the next clip, Steven. Roll the clip, Steve. All right, I think we're all set. We will get started with rapid fire questions. Are you ready, Drew? I I am. Oceans or lakes? Lakes. Shows or movies? Shows. East Coast or West Coast? West Coast. Rain or sun? Rain. Passenger or driver? Passenger. Spender or saver? Spender. Homebody or free spirit? Homebody. Uh, Do you call it soda or pop? Soda. Books or movies? Books. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Well, okay, so those are the rapid fire. That's like the most stressful part is the either ors. So now we can relax. Awesome. We'll do some icebreaker questions now. We'll start with what was your first pet? Oh, boy. I'm pretty sure my first pet was some hamsters. We had hamsters as kids. Nice. You know, you just have them. They're just in a cage, and sometimes you pet them and you take them out. They're not, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think they're real pets. You no, know, and you then just one day they the were just, they teach you. they're just dead. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, it's pretty I guess I'm done with demoralizing that. interpretation of life. <laughs> right. My first pet was a hamster as well, and for the life of me, I cannot remember its name. <laughs> no. That feels, I couldn't tell you any of the names of that my feels hamster, hamsters. My hamster's name was Flower. Yes, it was. Nice. Flower. It was, um, a, it was a boy. At least you had enough care to give it a name and remember yeah. it. Right. Yeah. That's very nice. I didn't have that in me. Yeah. Uh, but we uh, we lived in like a weird condominium thing that we couldn't have like cats or dogs in for a while mm. when I was really young. Right. And But I do remember like some of my first memories before my active memory, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, you have those like little pictures of the past but you don't have any context for them totally yeah and so i remember we had two akitas at one point in my life and an Mm. iguana oh but i don't know when in my life yeah (laughs) i can tell you as a as a grown adult i would not have an iguana oh yeah okay but i don't know when that was so i'm going off of when i can actively remember names and things like that it was it was the hamsters what is a smell that takes you back to a good memory of your childhood Fresh cut grass, probably. Mm. We always like played outside. My mom, when we we lived in, we grew up in San Diego. We lived out in uh, a little like development that they built for uh, the people that were serving in like the Navy and stuff. So everyone that lived there had like a few kids and stuff. And uh, my mom would work late a lot, so we'd get off the bus and like put our book bags by the door and just like go play with all of the the kids in the neighborhood in this like kind of closed community. So like there's no, you know, nobody's getting taken away or anything <laughs> yeah so, right <laughs> you know they and they like they would cut the grass all the time and we'd go over there and just like you know run around and play you know whatever we thought football was or baseball was or stuff like that so well oh, very good when we were kids yeah what is your absolute favorite meal oh boy that's quite quite interesting question to ask as uh maggie started cooking a lot since quarantine started mm-hmm. she's made like a ridiculous collection of food over the last probably like eight or nine months that I've never even thought to make. But uh, <laughs> I love that. But, it, but it's it's all really good. 
this is going to sound ridiculous and it's probably the south in me coming out but probably like a really good a really well cooked fried chicken like, mm, yep. like yeah something that's like moist like that like a steak is nice but like a really really well cooked chicken is uh in my opinion equally good to any kind of beef you know something like that but i i absolutely love cooked broccoli and cold celery and if that sounds strange <laughs> i, I oh. understand all right yeah. um what is your favorite morning drink coffee coffee how do you prepare it right now i use just my chemex 17 to 1 little ratio there 203 degrees but uh most days i uh you know if i'm working i will go like i get the the little one liter Starbucks cold brews. And I just pour that into a cup and put some oat milk in there in the morning. Nice. Take that to work. Yeah. And then, uh, when I go, like when I went to Asheville last weekend and then, uh, you know, Maggie went to Florida weekend before and she's in, she's in Delaware this weekend. We'll go get coffee from some local roasteries out there. Nice. And, uh, grind them up and try to find a good way to, uh, to make them. I know that I used to keep a little book where, you know, I would, essentially make coffee differently every time with the same beans mm. with just different coarseness of grinds, different right. water temperatures, different ratios what notes you'd get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a very like scientific method. Yeah. And, uh, I stopped doing that cause, uh, <laughs> a lot of work. I just felt like it was taking some of the fun out of it. Yeah. Right. Just the anxiety of having to, uh, keep track of it all knowing that like, even if I did find the perfect cup, I would have to go back to Delaware to get that coffee again anyway. Right. So, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, of course. Um, what are foods you will never eat? Anything with mayonnaise, <laughs> sour cream, or cream cheese. Wow. Okay. I do not like even ketchup. I don't like that slippery condiment. <laughs> the feeling. <slippery. laughs> <That's> not <laughs> like, the word I thought you were going to say. But it makes it's sense. Not that it's though. like gooey. Right. It's, the way it feels in my mouth, I do not like it. It's, like mustard is a little goop. different. It's goop. Yeah, mustard is a little different because it's kind of grainy. Mm-hmm. But like ketchup and and uh, mayonnaise, mayonnaise in particular, it just smells terrible. That's very fair. Um, what is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? <laughs> I saw this on the website and I was thinking about it for a minute. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Steven probably knows my haircut slightly better than Dixie does, but <laughs> it's just essentially like pulled over to the side a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's my haircut. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's essentially Steven's haircut, too. <laughs> uh, but when I was in sixth or seventh grade, I would go to the store and I would buy these colored gels. Oh, no. You know, when you're when you're a kid. Yep. Oh, and yeah, I would I would color my hair yep. that way and then wash it out in the evening and then right. rinse and repeat every day. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's Whoa. a lot of work. So was it like a new color? It was like a different color on Tuesdays versus Wednesdays or something like that? Yeah, I can't remember where we would get the stuff from, but, you know, we'd go to the store and like they'd have like a green one and a blue one and a pink one. And so like over time, I would accumulate these different colored ones. And so I would like do the same thing with my hair every day. But one day I would use like a pink gel and one day I would use a blue one. Oh, yeah, of course. A green one. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of work. That's dedication. (laughs) I can appreciate it. it's just like. Uh, it's not any more intense than like a regular hair gel. It's like as long as you shower, mm. it washes out, you know, right. it doesn't stain your hair. But I'm sure, well, I mean, it probably did. <laughs> I mean, my hairline's receding fast. <laughs> and, I mean, it might be the chemicals that were There's in that all stuff. all that gel. Heartbreaking, right? Oh. Yeah. There was that red dye. It was just like, nah. Yeah, all the red dye 40 right on my forehead. <laughs> right. Of course. That's yep. good. What is your biggest pet peeve? Um, I've got a few. 
probably the biggest one is like people biting their nails. Mm. I, I don't like the sound of it. Sure. That weird I, clicking sound. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it like sends chills down my spine. I do not like it. That and dirty, like dirty ish dishes. Like, <laughs> like I just recently, I'm almost 30. I just recently started trusting the dishwasher to like actively clean the dishes. Uh. I used to like wash the dishes in the sink with You'd my hands and then them. use the dishwasher yeah. as just a drying rack for all of the dishes. Right. Steven literally like, yesterday was like, I only just got to the point where I trust the dishwasher to actually wash the dishes. Yeah. 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 Well, another factor, another factor I just learned on a recent Freakonomics episode is they were saying that it's, it's more water efficient to like let the dishwasher take care of it than it is to run your sink for two minutes straight. You end in the long run, you end up using less water by letting the dishwasher do its thing for like two or three hours than like pre rinsing or any like that's crazy to me. See, but if you don't care about the earth, then it doesn't matter. (laughs) No, well, I have this like subconscious issue with like guests in particular. Like, we don't have a lot of guests because our dog is mean. But oh, we need a I, dog. there's like two there's two rooms in our house that like well now there's more because uh we have like a very open house now. Essentially like the living room, like just under the couch. Before I had guests come over in some of our previous homes, I would always mop in that area <laughs> to make sure it smelled good. That in the bathroom. Because I'm worried that people who come to your house, if your bathroom isn't clean and where they're hanging out isn't clean enough, they won't want to come back. Oh, I feel and, that uh, on a spiritual level. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. But I don't clean. So, uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, if they never come back, eh. I will like go. I'll go as far as to make sure that like I'm. If we get those like scented plug-in things, I keep one near the couch and one in the guest bathroom. Yeah. Because like scent is one of those things where like if it smells bad, even if it's clean, people are gonna think it's gross. Right. Yeah. So I do that, and then like and another thing is with the dishes. Like if you grab a cup and there's like like I've grabbed forks before, <sighs> where like the actual pronged part of the fork is clean, but like the handle of it. I has some sticky stuff on it or like it's got some <laughs> residual like dishwasher gunk on right. it still right if we, it's crusty i'm just yeah. like oh like if a guest grabbed that they wouldn't want to eat at our house anymore yep Bef- so yep. we have an acquaintance that like we're not friends we'll never be friends we were never <laughs> friends um it was like work obligation to go over to their house um kind of thing um and literally they gave me a mug. I asked for a cup of water and they gave me a mug, a mug, which is not you. You don't put water in mugs. That's not how you, no. dr- that's not how you deliver a cold <laughs> beverage. Um, <laughs> gave me a mug and there was dirt in it. <laughs> oh, like actual, like literal dirt chunks floating in the bottom of the mug. <laughs> I was like, I that think, is... I think I'm fasting. Today. I'm done now. <laughs> That is an existential fear of mine. <laughs> handing somebody a dirty dish. I literally, like like, I was like, I didn't like you before. No, I really don't like you. Now. <laughs> like I've gone as far as to like rinse, rinse clean cups, and then give them to, to guests. Like you would do in like a you know if you go to Bam, they like right right rinse your put glass them, before they even put beer in there. Put you them know? in the dishwasher like right before they come over, so they're still like warm. Right. You know? Steaming coming out, they know, they know they're clean. Yeah, this is yeah. fresh, recently polished. Wow, that's good. Nice. Nah, no dirt mugs. Who? Next question. Who would you call your best friend? Uh, my friend Chris, him and his twin brother Jake. I mean, 
I couldn't. I probably couldn't pick them. But if I if I had to, Chris, oh, we will make you choose. I've seen him. Oh, pick yeah. one. Older twin brothers. We pick one. Chris, oh, Dixie, will um, make you choose. I won't. <laughs> no. Um. Jake. Jake and I are are too similar. Yeah, I get that. people to be as close as Chris and I. Chris and I are different in a way that uh, we don't get mad at each other as easily. Right. Frustrated. Oh, absolutely. I can talk to Jake about things that I can't talk to Chris about. Because he understands me differently. Right. But uh, what's nice about the two of them, like every time, like it could be weeks or months without speaking to each other. And it's like, we'll just shoot each other a text or something like that. And it's like, nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. We haven't not spoken. Those and are the best. It's been Love a really, that. yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where like, we, we don't go that long now because I live here in Montana. Chris, he lives in central Florida and Jake lives in Albuquerque now. But we uh, we try to get together once every week or once every two weeks on like Xbox or something, and uh, we'll play games and just like catch up for a few hours. So good! Shout out Chris and Jake, absolutely. But mostly Chris. But mostly Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. All right, this is a question I know I gave you a heads up on on the uh, the link I sent you. I do that because this is kind of an odd question. But what would you consider your favorite? failure maybe something that like set you up for future success or taught you a lesson anything like that yeah grad school uh i did i did not finish (laughs) and uh that was i like one of those things that i i I knew kind of late on that i wasn't going to to write my thesis i wasn't going to defend it after probably two or three semesters i wasn't going to finish it Mm. um and it was like exceptionally disappointing and very very kind of hard for me to deal with on a number of like just personal levels, but that it like taught me more about who I am and how I behave now. Mm. And like my perspective regarding almost every part of my life Mm. than anything that I've ever failed at before. Just largely like I've never, I've never washed out of something in such a glorious way. If that makes (laughs) any sense. Like, Mm. I mean, I was, I was, I had a teaching assistantship. I was, you know, one of the, premier grad students like some of the the professors would have me talk to to new incoming students and talk to them about like how to be an active good graduate student like how how this is different (laughs) than others yeah and it is yeah this was quite the fall from grace yeah yeah, Um, yeah. but uh i learned that like i was kind of doing all that stuff for the wrong reasons if that makes any sense like Mm -hmm. what i loved about grad school was the teaching style and the community or sorry the teaching style and the class like structure right is extremely communal uh it's not undergraduate it's not here's the knowledge right regurgitate it yeah right it was one of those things where i hated doing it like i just could like i did not want to do it Mm. and uh the further i got away from it the happier i was and then one day i just kind of acknowledged the fact that what am i doing you know like why am i torturing myself to try to do this thing that i don't want to do when like i am infinitely happier doing something completely different. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I got, I got what I wanted out of it. Um, and I wish I could have gotten what I wanted out of it with, by spending less money. Right. Uh, but, uh, right. Right. It's like that sunk cost fallacy where, you know, you, you spend 50 grand on something and you just be <laughs> like, all right, well, if I just spend another $4,000, I'll finish it and you know, it'll nah. be worth it. Right. But, uh, <laughs> right. No, thanks. no. Mm. I, I knew I wasn't going to get a PhD and I knew I wasn't going to teach at the college level, like I wasn't going to adjunct forever because you're not going to make any money. Right. Yeah. And I knew 
I wasn't going to get a PhD. So it's like, well, why am I going to spend four grand a semester to keep trying to do this? It doesn't make any sense. Right. And, uh, to, and like hardcore depressive mental state, like you, like I would get off work after eight hours and be like, okay, well now I need to read and I need to write. And so, you know, get off at five, do that until nine Ugh. Wow. and then wow. send the, send your pages off and then your pages come back and like, you know, 30 pages. Just like, all right, well, three lines. of them are good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Three of them are good. Rewrite the whole thing. And it's like, I can't even like have fun. And so like some days where you don't do it, you guilt yourself into not doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you can't do anything else, right? It's like, well, I should just be doing this one thing. Yep. You know what I mean? And so anytime you do something else, it just drags you through the mud that like, why are you having, like, you should be having fun right now. You should just be cranking through this. Mm. I, I know that like uh, some people, mo- a lot of people that I've talked to have had this problem where let's say you get off work and you're like, okay, I want to do the dishes, clean the bathroom. I'm going to read a little bit and go to bed. That's kind of a lot to do considering you get off work at five and you probably want to be in bed by nine thirty or 10 o'clock. Right. Yeah. So like you get home, you're tired from work. Okay. I'm going to relax for a minute, <laughs> relax for half an hour. You eat dinner. That's another 45 minutes gone. So now you're sitting best case scenario, seven o'clock. And then you're like, well, I can't do all of that stuff now. Like I didn't do the dishes. I didn't clean the bathroom. I didn't make the bed. Yeah. Like setting up those expectations for yourself that you know, you probably won't meet. Yeah. And it, the worst part about that is like, in my case, at least the failure of one of those things snowballs into the failure to do all of those things right because today was a wash so tomorrow i'll do it like because it's a list you know like i have to do this Mm -hmm. first and if i don't get to that like what's the point in doing the other things Mm. and i uh i learned to not do that actually now what i do (laughs) is (laughs) and this is actually pretty interesting is like i will say like i'm not gonna do anything today i'll get home from work and i'll just do the dishes and then i just feel good that i did the dishes Mm. like it's a completely different mindset than like I didn't get anything done today. It's like, oh, well, I did get some, I got something done today. Right. You know, like it, it or making the plan to of, not have plans and then doing something and feeling good. About exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I love the way that makes me feel hmm. in an odd way. Like I learned that I just, I, maybe I just didn't, I don't function properly in a certain environment or like with a certain type of structure. Sure. Wow. Like the lack of structure actually, like I think has made me more productive or like made me just like more helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, sense, so yeah. it was it was deciding to drop grad school that taught you all these things about yourself as you kind of like came to terms with all that. Yeah, that is an insightful answer. I like that a lot. <laughs> I forgot well, that you. we had asked a question. I yeah, we were just talking was, about this. That was favorite <laughs> failure right there. The last as if we're just like breaking the ice now. This is the last icebreaker question. When you were little, what did you tell people you wanted to be when you grew up? An astronaut. Nice. what a classic the astronaut yeah. classic of course well, it may shock you i am not an astronaut what <laughs> you're not no. no i actually have very few discernible skills that would make me a very good astronaut you know what if jeffrey bezos can do it so Je- can you <laughs> yes <laughs> fair enough i guess we're getting really close to the days where drew could be an astronaut yeah that's true man Someday. so many dreams coming it could true it could happen drew private space reach for travel. the stars L- literally <laughs> literally reach for the stars. so good oh my gosh I'm try. I'm try all right well drew fulcher thanks for being on no normal people like there's a good chunk of us chatting there and we're finally getting to the beginning of it but it was about time you came on this show so thank you for doing this with us today <laughs> of course yeah no problem let's start at the beginning um would you tell me about where 
you grew up and what your family was like growing up with as little or as much detail as you prefer? Yeah. So my mom was in the Navy. So we, we grew up kind of all over. I was born in Virginia and we moved to San Diego when I was four or five. And then when I was 14, I moved to Florida. And then uh, when I was a bit older, I moved here. But uh, yeah, it, it was interesting um, to be diplomatic. My, uh, my mom and my dad didn't get along real mm. well. So mm-hmm. that, that relationship failed before I had active memories we were talking about earlier. Sure. Right. So I don't really, yeah. I don't have much of that, but it, it's just kind of like, I would, the best way to describe it would be like volatile mm. up until we moved to Florida. So my mom was in the Navy and then she got uh, diagnosed with MS when mm. I was 10 or so. So she got medically discharged. Obviously, if that is a degenerative neurological disease. Right. right. And uh, you can't like really work a whole lot, yeah. you know, and California as if, if you know anything about California, it's really expensive sure to live is. there. Yes. Yes. And if you know anything about Florida, it's really cheap to live there. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's the exact opposite, actually. But um, money causes problems for a lot of relationships. And yeah, like just one of those things where we were in California and uh, my mom, like she, for whatever reason, like was going to court. She had to go to court to get her 100% disability from the government. And mm-hmm. like, mm, wow, all of these things like when you see uh veterans panhandling on the side of the road it's like Oof. to me it's like they didn't have the right support like the reason i moved to florida is because like my mom couldn't afford to fight for her like legally fight for her compensation right so she had to move in with my grandmother in florida wow wow so then until she got her like 100 percent social security and her disability and all this stuff mm-hmm. do you mind my asking where in virginia you were born i was born in norfolk Right there in the coast where the naval base is. My mom, she's my grandpa is a was in the navy, um, and she was born there. Whoa! <laughs> and no she way. lived in Virginia, and then they moved to San Diego. <laughs> oh no, my! There gosh. you go. So, I was like, this sounds familiar. <laughs> it's only two degrees of separation there. It's the classic <laughs> career path, right? Wow. I still have a sister that lives out there in that in that area. Cool. Yeah. I don't see her very often. Yeah, but, so uh, siblings. Yeah. You have you have one sister. Do you have any others? I have um I have a lot of siblings. They're all step siblings or half siblings. Oh um, uh, right, fantastic. So what's, what's the number? Uh, I'll, I'd have to count them with names. <laughs> um, because, so <laughs> because my mom is one I of have, thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad like fostered a bunch of kids and oh, cool. adopted a few, and mm. they've kind of like come and gone, and right. like some of them were there for years and some of them were there for a few weeks and like the ones that are there long enough, like I do consider them family members of mine Yeah, mm-hmm. because you know, like, so like my dad ended up moving to California as well years later mm-hmm. um, after my right. mom did. So like I would get visitation with my dad every now and then. And cool. yeah. you know, I have between like Brandon, Peter, Nolan, Devin, you know, and Thomas probably I'd consider five brothers, but I don't have any, full-blooded siblings like devin is my half brother mm. and kelsey is my sister she's my half sister wow. and kelsey and misty misty is my stepsister brandon and nolan are my stepbrothers misty is my stepsister kelsey is my half sister and uh who did i say peter and thomas they were foster family right. members that uh they come around on holidays and quite the like web you got there <laughs> yeah. right oh my gosh yeah wow <laughs> so wow growing up with the navy move in different places. What was it like moving to Florida? Were you, had you already started high school by the time you were moving to Florida? Yeah, it was actually my first day. Like my plane landed on Sunday. 
Oh. School started the previous Thursday. Oh my gosh. And I started that Monday. Wow. wow. Whoa. Yeah, it was my first day of freshman year in high school. What on earth so. was that adjustment like? That must have been just, <laughs> you went like zero to a hundred. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Sure. Because mm-hmm. my brother, he moved to Florida uh, a few months before I did. And so he was out there and he already had like a small group of, well, not a small group of friends. Devin, uh, my brother Devin is is very good at making friends. He had a very large <laughs> group of friends. So it was kind of one of those things where like, we had the same lunch period. So we ate lunch together. I, it was easy for me to meet people pretty quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, um, Devin. And so that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Helped me out. And uh, I also was uh, on the football team. And so it's kind of easy to like, yeah, I'm not big enough to play football. I learned that pretty quick, <laughs> but, uh, All right. but it's just one of those ways to, uh, to do that. Yeah, gotcha. absolutely. So football being one of them, what kind of like activities or things were you getting up to in high school? Yeah, I played football. That's how I met Chris and Jake, by the way, my freshman year of high school. Nice. Classic. Football. And uh, so I've known them now for 16 years. Wow. Fantastic. Long time. Yes. But yeah, so uh, I played football and then Devin and a lot of my friends, like a lot of people that Devin knew played soccer. Mm. So I started playing soccer and I'd never played soccer before. Terrible soccer player. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's just like the people I like to hang out with. Yeah, did that, so, so I just well did that it. with them. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I stopped playing baseball in high school. I played baseball for, for 10 years. Wow. Before that, Whoa. I stopped playing baseball when I was in high school because I, I hated it. <laughs> it was awful. It's a pretty boring yeah, sport. Yeah, and then... It is. It's my least it's, it's favorite terrible. sport. Sorry, Steven. <laughs> I played baseball and I liked it, but I also dropped out. So yeah. I don't have much to defend. <laughs> my dad was a, he was like a semi-professional baseball player. He was like drafted and everything like that, but he never like played oh, in the MLB. Right on. But mm-hmm. uh, he was one of the like, because of that, like my dad's shorter than me. And so it was, it was a big technique thing. Like you got to do it right or don't do it at all. Uh, and so like that, so that worst. pressure over time. Yeah, it makes it a lot less fun. That mm. makes sense. So like Baseball would, is you know, just and like, like more aggressive golfing to me. Like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, get the ball in the it, hole. I've never heard you describe it that I'm way. Sorry, but I, I think love both that. golfing and baseball are the dumbest. <laughs> All right. Luckily, Drew agrees with you. So he moved on to yeah. American football and then European football. <sighs> yes. Yeah. And then uh, what I learned is like, I'm not. I don't have good foot eye coordination and I'm too small. Mm-hmm. I, I got, I got a really bad concussion playing football and uh, that was over. And I hated, I hated lifting weights. I, I, <laughs> I can't stand it. Yeah. And so what I did instead of lifting weights for the spring football period was like, if you're running track, then you don't have to lift weights. So I was like, all right, right I'm just going to join the track team then. Nice. Lean and fast. Nice. That's all you need. Yeah. So I did that. And then while I was running track, I, uh, the track coach is just a nicer guy. <laughs> my brother ran track and he ran cross country. Like it was just easier yeah. by that point. Like I had a, a steady group of friends. So I stopped playing football and I stopped playing soccer and I just ran track and cross country all year long. Nice. Excellent. Discovered your thing there. Yeah. What year did you graduate high school? 2010. Nice. 2010. That's the year I was supposed to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> so after you graduated, Drew, um, did you go straight to college after high school for undergrad? Yeah. Where did you go and what did you study? I went to Florida State and I was gonna, I was going to study athletic training. Okay, you can learn really quick that uh, that sucks <laughs> if you don't like medical stuff and you're not good at biology. Sure, right. I don't have an aptitude for that. I learned very quickly, but um, I do love 
sociology, anthropology, history, mm-hmm. and the way people think over time. And so probably my second semester, I switched and started studying history. Did you meet Maggie during this time in college? I did. I did, yeah. I actually didn't meet her at school. I got a job working at, at PacSun. Nice. And we she had she had worked at PacSun. Ah, gotcha. Sorry, she she worked at PacSun prior to my arrival. And uh yeah, we had a bunch of mutual friends and we we met that way. And uh yeah, we've been together ten years in January. Nice. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. I definitely um well, so let's first talk about you graduate undergrad then probably in twenty 14, 15. Yeah. And then you do grad school for three some semesters. What were you studying and like what 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 did you think you were building your thesis toward before you decided it wasn't for you? Yeah. Um a lot of like I went to UCF in Orlando for for graduate school and they have a lot of southern historians if that makes sense, like civil war historians or just Oh, yeah, things sure. like that. And uh that that's huge. There's a lot of money in that. I was more interested in like people and culture. Hmm. If it makes sense, like there's a school of, of thought like that discusses the idea like humans aren't as important as like the things that they leave behind. So in proper context, I guess it'd be like the person that created the shovel is a lot less important than the shovel itself. Wow. And so yeah, wow. You know, ideas like person. that. <laughs> yeah. Like he, that person is only important because of that. Right. Right. Like, like the light bulb. Yeah, exactly. So I took that to kind of like a different extreme and I wanted to study the function of ideas, like how ideas function in the context of time. Mm. Huh. So I looked at, I, I was writing a thesis on punk rock culture in 80s San Francisco, like nice. anti-Reagan, anti-conservative ideology and how that, like how punk is like found like a foundation, like, what are the foundational tenets of punk? Not in 60s Detroit or, right. you know, 70s, early 70s New York, but late 70s, early 80s San Francisco. Like, what is, like, is it, is being punk a product of queer culture? Is it a product of political ideology? Is it a product of social, like, a class problem? And, like, yeah, it is kind of all of those things. And, like, how do you study that? And I, I try to do it through through the music and, and, and the art. So like any kind of like posters, like punk posters and album artwork, I use mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of source material. Whoa. Yeah. And, uh, and song lyrics themselves, like you can listen to some like MDC records or, you know, right. the dead Kennedys, obviously. Hmm. <laughs> and if, but if you juxtapose that with like bands from LA, you have a different sound. Yeah. Entirely. The, the music's presented differently and the, the content of the music is different. And so like, why is that? And like, what, like, so, so punk as a concept is inherently different in LA than it is in San Francisco. Right. Right. So like when we think about like punk rock, it's not a monolith. It's not this thing that happened and is gone, but punk rock is still something now, but mm-hmm. that's largely different than what it was. Yeah. It's evolved. Cause 30, even 40 years ago, even you, you mentioned like Detroit was the place in the sixties or New York in the seventies, you know, San Francisco, LA in the eighties my brain immediately led to like Nirvana and Seattle in the nineties, you know, right. like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's fascinating that like, there's something about the genre that like it does kind of blow up in certain places at certain times, but I guess mm-hmm. there is that like underpinning ethos to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's like an yeah. ideological component. Like 
you can look at somebody and you know like that is a they are like you can look at a guy with the mohawk and the spikes jacket and like that's a very punk rock thing mm-hmm. right but like when you see that it's kind of like seeing somebody drive a prius like we were talking about that <laughs> question of like what do you think would happen if uh if somebody parked a tesla and spot at work right yes um <laughs> yes like oh yeah. absolutely you, it has less to do with the tesla than like what that represents to the person yeah that it's about so like you can essentially prejudice a person by seeing them like and they are aligning themselves with a certain ideology by expressing themselves in this way and what right. i what i like found absolutely fascinating about punk rock is that it's inherently safe which sounds crazy but if you have a mohawk and some tattoos, you can, you know, you need to get a job. You can shave your head and you can put on a long sleeve shirt right? and put yourself in it. I mean, it's a largely white subculture too. So like it's largely white and middle class. So like you can put yourself, you can be punk as long as you want, shave your mohawk off and cover your tattoos up and just go work for IBM. Yeah. It's not something that, it, that holds you back forever the way that like adaptations of like the large populations of other kind of, subcultures right i'm tripping a little bit on this concept of like it being safe because it's more or less like reversible is a word that comes to mind yeah wow i yeah i had never considered that before that (laughs) drew that honestly reminds me of my very first impression of you when you interviewed where we work (laughs) because you came in for your interview you had your blazer on and a like majestic beard my man (laughs) a fantastic and the door closed to the conference room when you went back for your interview and literally like our entire bullpen was like, who's going to tell him (laughs) (laughs) who wants to tell me he has to shave, but that was the same with Tim. But even that, that's something it's like, that was something that you, that you could just like, it was like a safe choice. You grew the beard because it it was absolutely working for you, but it was something Mm -hmm. where you could just, you know, it's the same thing as like shave your head and throw a long sleeve shirt on. Yeah. Shave the beard. Put a button down on you and look show at up. The, I mean, specifically in Montana or places like Montana, yeah, looking right. at the culture around like country music mm. and how like oh. that's appropriate for a lot of workplaces in mm. Montana. So like wearing a cowboy hat to work isn't weird, but yeah. <laughs> showing up to work with a mohawk and a nose piercing, that's a that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think that your thesis sounded fascinating whether or not like it became something like i'm sure the time you spent thinking about this has like transformed the way you kind of look at the world in what you were able to dig into and study yeah and the topic in itself wasn't that bad it was kind of it was an issue on a, on a lot of fronts like there's a lot of good professors and they were very helpful but there wasn't any you know intellectual history professors there there were social historians they were civil war historians they were gender historians so sure mm-hmm. you know, i'd write my pages or something like that and i'd i'd get a notice that was just like Hey, uh, can you like throw some, some gender stuff in here? Hey, can you throw, you know, like mm. how, how does this affect like class structure? And it's like, I'm not writing this it, it was hard for, for you. <laughs> exactly. And it was one of those things that like, so much, like over time it was just so much not mine Ugh. that like when I was doing the reading, like the stuff that I found interesting and the interpretations that I found fascinating, they were just kind of getting washed out. Mm. Yeah. So like it made it infinitely less fun to do. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's both my fault. Like I, I probably should have decided to just write something I was going to hate to begin with right? <laughs> and then and go somewhere else and actually like get a PhD under a professor, you know, that studied intellectual history that knew what they were talking about and right. could guide me a little bit better. So 
the driving concept I'm also still thinking about in that you pair this idea of the, the inventor of the shovel is far less important than the shovel as like a tool that has perpetuated much of civilization. So translating that into the world of ideas, essentially the the interpretation you're going for is like, uh, like Foucault was more like his ideas are more than him now, you know, like yeah. they've become something yeah. of their own outside I'm sorry. of, I'm sorry, who is that? The man himself. <laughs> um, he's a French critical theorist. Sure. Who, uh, mm. <laughs> he, he discusses like the role of like knowledge and power and structure oh, okay. in the world and how subconsciously, I guess is, he is, he's a, yeah. he's a white, he's a gay white French man. Oh yeah. Um, it's yeah. my favorite. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and he, he studies like how we internalize power structures around us and mm-hmm. how that, like, before we can even think about the fact that we've internalized this rhetoric and the structure of the world, we are already perpetuating all of the good and bad things about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. So the idea is that we, we put more into what he wrote about than like the actual person. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. yeah. Like his like his name is an adject- adjective now when you talk about like well, faculty in theory. What if the guy who made the shovel yeah. named it after him? What if his name was Doug Shovel? I mean maybe, but still <laughs> still we own a shovel, but we've never yeah. met Doug Shovel. No, we won't. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I guarantee like I have never once thought about Doug Shovel. <laughs> right. The person that made the shovel, I don't really care about because I have a shovel. Right. Oh, poor Doug. I barely think of Thomas Edison anymore. Yeah, screw yeah. that guy. <laughs> when I flip yeah. on my lights. There's plenty of reasons to forget about him for sure. He didn't make LED, and that's what I use, so. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Take that, Edison. Wow. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> I like this. Con- I think I'm going to be chewing on this for a while, like the, how the ideas eventually transcend to the people who put them out. Because I guess the trajectory in your thesis or in your paper would be something along the lines of like that punk ethos, like is continuing to do something to our world today, much beyond like the bands that were in California in the 80s. Yeah, I have a book next to me uh, called The One Dimensional Man. And uh, what that guy talked about it's by it's by a guy named herbert marcuse i think um but essentially what he says is that over time these like fringe ideologies like as they gain some kind of recognition they are slowly integrated into common ideology Mm. so like the peace sign was like a radical symbol right in the 60s but it is nothing it is meaningless now it's just like every other white girl's instagram photo (laughs) Well, there you go. And like, that's the concept <laughs> is that like, socially, we just dilute it right into yeah. becoming common, common ideology. Mm. And so like, that's why we see these things kind of like flare up and then like they burn brightly for so long and then disappear. Mm. Like we don't have like a real hippie revolution because like, you know, communities adapted it to, you know, like we have like environmentalists and we have anti-war groups and all of this stuff. And like all of this ideology is, is split and then just commodified. Right. And it, it settles within kind of everybody in some degree. Wow. Yeah. And so then it's not radical anymore. It's not worth talking about. Hmm. Just like the red hot chili peppers. Wow. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's, it goes from like us. I'm thinking in terms of like, it goes from a specialist group to the masses. And that, yeah. that move is like, once everyone knows about it, it's not as big a deal. You know, it's, it's not going to, create nearly as many waves or ripples 
Yeah. The bigger yeah. the if you think of the like, sample size gets. I think a really great example of that happening today is like queer culture. Like mm-hmm. when I was young, like when I was a kid, like homosexuality was kind of like a taboo thing. Totally. Right. But now like it's fine. Like nobody <laughs> like nobody cares. Or at least I would say not that enough people, people in our generation don't really not care. Not enough much. people care. Yeah. Like no, it, it's it's not weird for our generation to identify that way. Yeah. And like, I think that's a good thing. The same with like getting therapy. Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect example. Yeah. (laughs) Like 20 years ago, getting therapy, it was like, no, don't, you're, you're not crazy. And now it's like, I text my therapist. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's, that's a, that is a great example of it. Yeah. Because yeah, the idea, the idea that like we can fix ourselves or like we don't need, yeah, I think we can just bottle it all up. Don't tell anybody. We're going to fix it yeah, on our own. Empirically, that's untrue, you know, yeah. like, and like <laughs> just bottle it up and someday you'll die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we'll all go away. Yeah. No, but exactly. That's exactly the case. This is fascinating. I bet we could, we could make an entire podcast about this, but I have more questions about you, Drew, because ultimately yeah. the show is <laughs> awesome. about you. So we're going to take a quick break and be right back to our conversation. This episode of No Normal People is brought to you by the No Normal People Coffee Blend in partnership with Revel Coffee in Billings, Montana. This bright and complex coffee will come fresh roasted to your door for you to enjoy the delicious symphony of citrus, berry, spice, and chocolate notes. Visit highline.network shop to enjoy a cup of coffee as normal as our podcast guests. No Normal People is supported by our generous patrons who joined us at patreon.com slash nopeoplepod. You too can join the Normal People community to gain access to our private Discord, merch store discounts, and monthly bonus episodes. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review, which helps others find the show. If you find this podcast valuable, please tell a friend about the show in person with a text or by sharing about the show on social media. You can join us on Instagram and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. And be sure to visit our page at Highline.network, where you can sign up for our email newsletter called The Three Thought Thing. No Normal People is a proud founding member of the Highline Media Network. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, the Into Podcast. And it's that I got this unusual gift of finding out that my love has an incurable autoimmune disease that will shorten her life by up to 20 years. That seems like an odd gift, but... My stupid, dumb, giant tattoo on my ribs. Mm. I have yeah. grown to love so much mm. over the years. You know? Yeah, freaking nerd. My- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell me what you like about me. Don't be a dude. Oh, yeah. Loser. Oh, yeah. yeah. Name 10 things about Katie that you oh, like. Yeah. Then. Oh, yeah. You like me? Why don't you marry me, sucker? <laughs> Name her first album. Yeah. Let's get back to our conversation. I know that we're getting to the point where you guys eventually moved to Billings. Before that, though, I just want to tee you up for a classic Drew story in my mind at this point. And I know it happened in Florida, so I got to keep the timeline straight. Will yeah. you tell will you tell people about how you get out of jury duty and why? What? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I was recently called in for jury duty and this was this was fascinating. I really didn't want to be there and um <laughs> who does? The uh 
<laughs> I do. I really want to do jury duty. You're so weird, Steven. You make 10 bucks a day. Yep. Covers lunch. Not yes. even not even lunch. Barely. So they ask this question, you know, typically in this particular case, it was like a he said, she said with a cop and a person. Right. Kind of like the cop says this, the person says this. And then they ask this question, hey, has anyone had any bad experiences with police? <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, my, my hand kind of shot up right away and I saw an opportunity to uh, to be dismissed. Yes. So what happened, I was living in Tallahassee at the time and Stephen, so this is going to get kind of confusing. I had two roommates with the same name, Stephen. Classic. Um, wow. I lived with them at two different times. One Stephen, so I met the, the Stephen that is in the in the bad situation with me coming up. He was my roommate freshman year. He moved back uh, back home uh, and joined the police academy for a while. And he was he was visiting for a long weekend. My current roommate, Stephen, <laughs> he was in the College of Engineering at Florida State, and we lived together in an apartment. And so Stephen, police officer Stephen, came up to visit me, and he was staying at our apartment. Mm-hmm. And to kind of paint a picture of what this place looked like, it's like on piers, like concrete pillars that the the structure itself sits on top of. Right. So the first floor of this apartment complex is parking. Yeah. And then you walk upstairs and you have like a first floor of apartments and then a second floor of apartments. Mm -hmm. And they're all kind of outside. It's probably maybe like a city block long. Like it's not really big. So Stevens, he went to this bar called AJ's, which is like a dirty, gross place in Tallahassee. It's a nightclub. People, a lot of people go there and people are going to hate that I said that it was dirty and gross. Um, but in fairness, I don't think it exists anymore. They, so They know. Yeah. They can don't eat it. Try to, don't um, try to hide it. <laughs> right. We all know it sucked. So, yeah, it's, it's the quintessential Talanasi like, place. Like, the, that name exists for a 90% reason. of Florida um, man stories originate there. Right. Yeah. In places like that. Yeah. And so he was at this place and like i have been robbed twice in tallahassee or i had been robbed twice in of tallahassee, course. um just walking home so i do cool. i don't walk home and so he called me and it's probably like 2 15 or so the bar is closed at two called me and he's like hey i'm gonna head your way like you know i'll be there in 15 minutes it, it's literally like probably like a half of a mile away and it's all on the same road like mm-hmm. it's just one big hill you go up yeah. the hill and then down the hill you get from aj's to my apartment and i was like no i'm gonna pick you up and he's like, no, I'm just going to walk. It's not that far. And uh, it's two in the mind, morning. Like, Steven, <laughs> yeah, Steven is a he's a black man. Uh, he's about six yeah. two. He's probably 195 pounds of like solid muscle. He was on yeah. our football team. Of course. Uh, he's a big guy. And uh, he was just wearing a white T-shirt and cargo shorts. So I was like, how about this? I'll just meet you halfway wherever I meet you. I'll pick you up. You know, we, I meet him at the top of the hill. I park the car. He hops in the car and we go down the hill. And uh, it's, it's a one lane road, essentially. So, you know, one lane going north one lane going south right a cop like a car gets like right on my my tail end and then a car behind them gets in the other lane and pulls up really fast they both flick their lights on right behind me i was like oh man like i wonder what's going on like they're pulling me over for something so i literally pull my car over right in front of my apartment complex so everyone can see what's going on out there and i'm thinking like all right well let's get the license and registration out of the car and they're not they're not there for that they're not it is not it's not a license and registration situation yeah, no it is a uh it's a, fit a description it, it was in moment <laughs> yeah it was a uh it was a roll down your windows and throw your keys out situation Ugh. and they were on a megaphone and so they're telling me to like they get on the megaphone and they're like turn your car off so i turn the car off and they're like throw your keys out the window and i threw my keys out the window but like 
this is an old my mom's old like mercedes and sure. it was like a huge piece of junk but the lights don't go off when you shut the car off and the cop just kept screaming at me turn your car off turn your car off and i was like i I'm, i did turn my car off i did like and then i finally realized like all oh, my headlights are on so i turned the headlights off and he like made me put both of my hands out the window it's quite a funny scene i'm because I, I talk with my hands quite a bit so i'm like actually actively doing this right in my office and he they tell you to open the door from the outside of the car <laughs> so like i try to I tried to open the door and the door is locked. So like I went to unlock the door and one of the cops just screams. It's like, no, 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 no. He's just unlocking the door. He's just unlocking the door. And I, at this point I'm kind of nervous. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, this is new. Um, This is new. This is fun. (laughs) I unlock the door, open the door. And they like tell me to, you know, they put put your hand on your head, put your back towards us. And I looked at Steven, who's in the passenger seat of the car. I'm like, what the heck, man? Like, (laughs) <laughs> kind of giving him eyes and he just looks at me and he just said i'm sorry and i'm just like what are you sorry for like like i don't have time to figure this out and oh then my so my hands are on my head my friend in the car just said i'm sorry and uh the cop says to me at this point he's like walk backwards to the sound of my voice if you make any sudden movements you'll be shot what and uh <laughs> yeah at this point 30 minutes prior to this i was laying in bed watching watchmen with maggie yeah, just like hanging out right now i'm in a situation where I'm being told that I'm I going to get shot. shot. I'm going to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. I'm Terrifying trip situation over to be my in. keys that I threw out the window <laughs> and I'm going to get shot. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified of tripping. I don't walk backwards very often. And that's the first thing that came to mind was that like, if I trip, I'm going to die. Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I, I walk back, you know, the cop grabs me, like slams me on the ground, takes everything out of my pockets. What? So, yeah. Slam me on the ground. Then he slammed me on the side of the car. And uh, I'm like looking around and there's like a, a small crowd of people gathered on the, the balcony of the apartment complex that we live in. And they're watching do. us. And there's seven cop cars just all over the road. And they all are like hiding behind their doors with guns drawn in our direction. And I am freaking out. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what? I'm in trouble is essentially what I thought about. I was like, this is not good for me. And this was sophomore or junior year of college. Like, so I'm just like, well, I three do? years. Freaking, <laughs> yeah, three years lost because I, I went to go pick my friend up. So I like asked the cop, you know, like, hey, what's going on which i thought was pretty reasonable <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> he's he, and he literally said we'll tell you later and i was like oh my god i am going to prison and i yeah i, I sat in the back seat of the cop car handcuffed and all i could think about was like i don't know my mom's phone number no like, oh. if i know anything about jail it's that i get one phone call <laughs> and i like technology has led me to be so complacent that i can't even do that right like, <laughs> and so i'm I'm sitting in the back of the cop car and like at this point my roommate comes home steven engineer steven and he obviously sees my car and he doesn't want to make it i don't know what he i don't know what he's trying to do but he sees my car and he starts like he i see him on the balcony and he's looking at me <laughs> then he would like walk down the stairs and walk down the street but the whole time just like staring at what's happening like but he's trying to do it in a nonchalant way where like the cops aren't going to notice that some dude is just like extremely interested in what's happening <laughs> sure um, and so over the course of the rest of the story just think of like somebody very like very concerned just walking up and down the stairs looking but trying to act like they're not looking yeah so this is the We've this is a, there. an external situation that's happening right i love and watching that actually brought me a, <laughs> i love watching that kind of stuff I live for it <laughs> yeah he was he wasn't enjoying it he uh he would disappear every now and then to to go into the apartment and uh, like what i learned later was happening was that he thought i was getting a dui uh-huh. 
Oh. And uh, so he like knocked on my bedroom door and Maggie's in there and she's like, hey, you know, has Drew been drinking tonight? She's like, no, we've just been watching a movie. And so he like would leave for like five or ten minutes and he'd come back and be like, are you sure Drew wasn't drinking tonight? Like, <laughs> I can't imagine being Maggie and being like, what the hell are you talking about, Steven? Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was pretty concerned. And uh, they, oh my God. so like back to me in the car, I'm sitting there like, all right, well, I'm going to go to jail, but I didn't do anything. So I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And uh, Steven gets out of the car. They do the same thing to him, but they don't like, I think that they kind of knew there was no like nothing going on with us like we were being ext- exceptionally yeah, they compliant just had to follow through because they already yeah. started <laughs> yeah and so they they got him and they like they didn't slam him on the ground like they did to me they like they didn't put him against the car they just grabbed him handcuffed him and put him in the back seat and they asked him a bunch of questions and they asked me like how do i know him where were we going and that was kind of annoying to me because i was like oh i'm i'm going to my house he's like where's that and i was like right here and i Point pointed to window. it and he's like what's yeah and he's like <laughs> where is that like i need you to tell me exactly where it is and i was like up the stairs and i gave him the address and i was just like <laughs> you can look at the address like like and i asked like so he asked me a bunch of questions like how do you know him like what were you guys doing mm-hmm. like what do you know about him you know answer the questions like i was laying down in bed i was just picking him up you know he was you know he's visiting out of t- from out of town and then again i asked him I was like can you please tell me what's going on because i don't know why i'm here and he said no a flat out no i'm not telling you what's going on and he disappeared. And so for a while, I, I, was, I was starting to get comfortable. And all of this is happening over the course of like an hour and 10 minutes. It was a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I also like had my mom's car. And so I, because my mom has MS, she has like a lot of prescriptions that come and go. Oh. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there are prescription medications in the back of the car. Sure. Like made out to my mom that I am driving, you yeah. know. Right. I'm freaking out at this point because of that. I just realized that. And they have the, the drug dog out there sniffing the car and uh, they don't, there's nothing. They don't find anything in the car. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty nervous at this point. I'm like feeling pretty confident that I'm going home tonight. Like I'm going to be fine. Like I'm not worried about it. And then some dude, so I'm like leaning my head against the car window and some guy walks up, bumps the flashlight on the window. And he's like, who the hell is this guy? And he's like, Oh, he's the driver. And he's like, all right, well, let's get ready to go. What? And I literally was like, immediately went from zero to a hundred in the anxiety department. And I was like, I was right back to, I'm going to prison forever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right then and there. Oh my Freaking gosh. out. So they like essentially get us outside the car again and they line us up next to each other. The cop comes over and he's just like, Hey, and I, I'm, I'm at this point, I think they're going to read us our rights. Finally read us some rights. Like you know, tell you what you away. did. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so the cop comes up and like in an incredibly sad voice, he's just like, yeah, sorry, there was an armed robbery outside of AJ's and this guy here fit the description, so we thought you were the getaway driver. Sorry about that. And then they just proceeded to undo the handcuffs and, you know, tell us to just kind of get on our way. And I just couldn't believe it. Like, wow. Like, like, I'm sorry, you're going to be hearing from my lawyer. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, there was just an armed robbery outside. This guy, this guy looked like the guy and, like, I don't know if... So literally fits a description. Yeah, it was, yeah. He, they just found a black guy walking on the road and... yeah. They assumed that was it. And what's crazy is like in Florida, like you can see the arrests in any given county. They upload the charges, the people's names and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I checked every day for the next four days and there was not a single person charged with armed robbery. So they literally didn't catch the guy who did it because they were too focused on, on putting all of their eggs into, into the, into the, into the me basket. Yeah. But uh, what's really funny is like we got, you know, they let us go park the car and I get upstairs into my apartment and Steven hears us come in engineering Steven. 
and he runs out and he's like, what happened? And we tell him the story and he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll delete this Facebook message. And he typed up a Facebook message asking my brother for bail money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he was like gathering, he's trying to gather bail money and impound money because he was sure they're going to impound my car. Oh, man. Yeah. So you've never done jury duty. So he gets out of jury duty when cops are involved now. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I. I lead with that story now, and they just let me. They just take off. They're just like, yeah. okay, never mind. Yeah, they're like, oh, this guy. That's yeah, that's very effective. <laughs> he oh doesn't seem like he's gonna be biased at oh all. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> what? I man, yeah. Drew told me that story at work a while ago, and I just, I was riveted. I. Yeah. <laughs> the dream here now, Drew, is that you can just tell people to come listen to your podcast so you don't have to tell the story again. Yeah. Because now it's. Oh, that would be wonderful. It's etched in the tablets of the internet, yep. the bits and bytes. Yeah. I'm so, so glad that I could oh, yeah. be a part of it. Give that, you, give, give that gift to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's so good. <laughs> I so, appreciate it. Florida certainly was an experience. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and Maggie end up moving to Billings, freaking Montana. I understand so this was sorry. part of her work. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I had kind of come to the conclusion, like, I am more like the things in my work life that are important to me are the people that I'm working with and not what I'm doing. Right. Um, hmm. So as long as I'm like, as long as work is giving me what I want from it and uh, the people there aren't like people I don't want to be around, I'm happy there. Like I was I was working in a toxicity lab for a long time before we moved here and I really liked that job. And it's one of the things that kind of led me to, to not finishing school was that like, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. Like I'm going to be miserable doing this if I'm not around people that I like. Mm. So like, I might as well find a job where I'm around people that I like being around. Wow. Yeah. And so I kind of just adopted that attitude. And so, but Maggie, Maggie's different. She, you know, she was kind of working a job where she didn't feel like she was making the most of like one, her degree and two, what she like loved about geology. And so periodically over like, three or so years, she applied for a bunch of jobs working out in oil fields as a geologist out there. And uh, she sorry. finally like got a job. You, oh, go ahead. You, are you guys married? No. No? Not yet. Your no. girlfriend is a geologist? Yeah. She is. Yeah. She has a master's degree in... Um, Dixie, I knew you were going to... I knew you were going to be excited geology, about this. And I was like, what? <laughs> I freaking love rocks. Dixie, Dixie is an <laughs> nice. amateur geologist. <laughs> nerd so i knew that was gonna be exciting for her sorry you got i got really excited sometime maggie like has a bunch of rock hounding books we got like a bunch of sieves and stuff but uh i want to do that uh, so bad (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah she like she studied uh biostratigraphy and like Mm. fossilized planktons well stuff like that wow to date oil essentially like if certain planktons and certain fossils exist in oil samples they're a certain number of years old and they can or cannot be used for, uh, you know, commercial purpose. I, and so that's kind of what she was doing was that's verifying drilling depth. That's fascinating. I literally half of my TikTok, like for you page is literally just geology rock related. Nerds, right. <laughs> just rock nice. tumbling and collecting. And it's a problem. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We have a, a bunch of rocks sliding around the house. We have, um, <laughs> but yeah. So she kept applying for those jobs. And um, it's one of those things where it's like, in my head, it's like, you want to do this. You know, we're pretty young. Like we have some money saved up. Like, let's just try it. And if we don't like it, we can just come back. Like it's right. not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, uh, 
she took the job and she, I kept my job for about six months uh, to make sure that, yeah, we, this is like, she likes it and all right, that stuff. Right, right. Yeah. And we ended up just committing and moving out here because of that. And then uh, she got it. She has a different job now, What she didn't like about that job was like working in the oil field. You go out for like two weeks at a time and you come back for a week right? or you'll go out for three weeks at a time and come back. And like, it, it got really hard during the holidays where like, Oh, definitely. She would be gone and like no Thanksgiving, you know, right. no like Christmas or New Year's kind of deal. Like totally not be yeah. around. And she's like, she's a lot closer to her family than I think I am. <laughs> and that bothered her a lot that yeah, she like, yeah. you know, she couldn't be with anybody but herself during those times. Mm-hmm. And like, she kind of, she has a different job now that she really likes. That's awesome. In the same area. Yeah. So you guys get out to Billings, you built a house together. Yeah. Where you guys live now. And now you, like I said, you came and interviewed where I work. So you and I work together. Mm-hmm. Would you, less for my benefit than anyone else who's listening, like it's more for anyone who's listening because I do know what you do for work, but <laughs> I will, don't. You, will you describe <laughs> what you do for work at CGI with us at the refinery? I don't even know what you do for work, Steven. <laughs> well, okay, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So um, I am generally the, the survey support for, for any given project or any uh, construction out there. Mm-hmm. So um, if the designers or the construction guys, if they need to know where something needs to be or where it is, I'll find it. So I like I use a machine that it uh, triangulates its exact location given the, the control reference monuments. And those monuments are, are fixed points and the machine can calculate where exactly it is using a laser and... Uh, some trigonometry if i tell it like you're this far from this point and you're this far from this point the machine knows where it is mm-hmm. and the machine then can use a laser and a level to determine like the angle in which it's looking and all of this stuff and it can find out like if we need to to know where a piece of pipe is exactly i can just point the laser at it and hit hit the button to like record this location and it'll it gives the designers real-time exact locations so like if they're designing piping they know where this pipe is and where it's where you know they can't put anything there this is the way it goes it's mainly just spatial recognition Mm -hmm. software and then like if the construction guys like if they need to put some bolts in the ground or they need to dig a foundation i'll go out there and say like hey this is where this is where the foundation's going to go and i can tell them exactly where these spaces are i take the data essentially from the computer and put it into the real space and vice versa. I can take data from real space and get it into the computer. Yeah. And these measurements are like fractions of inches. Yeah. Yeah. If, if anything's more than like an eighth off, mm-hmm. I will probably do it again and get it down. So yeah, it's, it's always within, you know, what is that point? One, two, five inches. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And occasionally I'll do other stuff, but that's mainly it. Yeah. So like drafting support, you're kind of like the, I, the Swiss army man of our office you've you've dabbled in almost everything at this point <laughs> my goodness drew um so man so many stories behind us already now so like this is what i feel like this podcast is about is this next question which is essentially like we ask every guest what are you passionate about or what do you think and talk about when you have nothing else to think and talk about like the thing on your mind or the thing you occupy your time with that gets you really excited and has become a part of you Incredibly broad question, I know, but I'm curious as to how you would interpret that and which direction you would take us. It's interesting because I was I was thinking about it slightly differently. A big thing for me is people. 
uh, not myself. It just generally like one thing that I kind of tell people, it's mainly people in time. It's mm. the, the two things that are constantly kind of on my mind. And it's, it, it largely has to do with like, how am I influencing somebody or how am I treating somebody? But also like, how can I help them? Like, how can I do anything? Mm. It's, it, and I know it sounds weird, but like, I'm the kind of person, like I'm willing almost, if it's not a work night, like I'm ready to sell out for some fun <laughs> because like, if I'm having a good time with these people, like, am I going to have as good a time somewhere else? Like they're having a good time with me kind of like, like, you know, we just talked about staying for an extra, you know, 15, 30 minutes. Right. Like, even if I had something else to do, I'm enjoying this. Like I could, I would put, like, I would push that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I yeah. canceled plans because I was currently having fun with certain people. Sure. Yeah. And a big part of who I am is like the people in the room are important. Mm. And so I try like exceptionally hard to live in the moment all the time. Wow. Um, yeah. Very much driven by relationships and almost like others centered kind of focus for you. It sounds like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like, I don't have Facebook or, well, I have a Facebook, but I haven't been on it in, oh my gosh, 10 years now almost. And like, I don't <laughs> nice. have Instagram. I have a Twitter that I made so I could follow a project that I worked on in grad school and I haven't used it since. Like one of the things that's most frustrating to me when I go visit like my mom or my dad, they just want to take pictures with me all the time mm-hmm. so that they can go like, so th- they can show other people the stuff on, on Instagram or Facebook. And I like, right. Pics or it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, to me, it's like, it's so annoying that like I'm eating dinner and you just you want just to get a picture, take a of, picture me. of me eating some za. <laughs> yeah. I'm eat- I eat dinner every night. <laughs> like, that's not, doing that's not important. For like 29 <laughs> years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? And it's just one of those things where like, Typically when I'm hanging out with people, I rarely look at my phone. Right. Because to me, I feel like the purpose of it is 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 removal. Like you you aren't like my mom isn't eating dinner with me anymore. Right. Mm, right. She's doing something else. And it's all a show yeah. at that point. Like it's like, do I get good food? Do I do this? Like I'm gonna take a picture of my meal before I eat it. Like I'm gonna do all of these things. Right. And to me, it's just like you're not having dinner with me. Like I am at a dinner essentially like i'm having yeah, yeah, dinner yeah. somewhere wow. and you're also having dinner there yeah wow and like that bothers me on an absolutely existential level like <laughs> i freak out that like and this i brought up time earlier and like i am terrified that i'm going to waste somebody's time mm. this probably this i didn't grow up like exceptionally religious mm-hmm. and so i hold very dear the idea that like i'm not very pascalian in the sense that like the idea that like if you believe in God, you can go to heaven. So like it's in your best interest to just believe yeah. in that sense. Oh. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, like sure, but like if if this is all we have, if I ruin somebody's week, I mean you only have fifty two hundred weeks, and I cost somebody one of those weeks. Oh. Right? If they were thirty years old, they only have they only have thirty three thousand weeks left. Like, and I ruined that for someone. Like, and that that's one of those things where like. I want to make sure I am like honest and upfront and like, I'm not, it just, it bothers me that if we only do have what 76 years, probably hmm. if I was with Maggie for 10 years, but five of those years I was making her unhappy. Ugh. That's five years. It's a lot of years. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the threat of that is inconscionable to me. Wow. And like, maybe that's probably a problem with my mindset. Mm. Right. Wow. It's fascinating to me then that, 
from what I know about like the hobbies you like to engage in that you've basically like structured every way you spend your time around the people you like to spend time with and doing activities that like almost demand a presence from you. Like I know you're a Dungeons and Dragons player like us and very much so playing a session of D&D is like you have to be fully present in that moment with mm-hmm. your friends. Yeah. If you spend time on your phone when you're playing D&D, that's like cardinal sin. Just, yeah. But like, <laughs> it's kind of like the same reason. Like I, I like watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. I do not like yeah. watching horror movies in movie theaters and I don't like watching them with other people mm. because I mean, any movie is like this, but I think it's particular in horror movies. Cause I, I think that the contrast between like horror and comedy is very, very easy is that if you get like in a comedic mindset while you're watching a horror movie, it can quickly become a dark comedy. Yeah. Like regardless of how it's written, it has more to do with like your brain and how you're treating the situations. So like most times, like Whoa. I'll watch horror movies like in the house in the dark when nobody's home because there's no interruptions. And I can like take in the movie and like be present in the movie. And I think that makes like, Horror movies in particular, I think that's the most important. Like, I think they, they get a bad rap in terms of, like, quality of film. Mm. But I think it's because, like, when you see a horror movie in the theater, I don't think that, like, it's not an art that is best expressed that way. I think, mm-hmm. like, a horror movie is very much, to me, like, a, a book. Yeah. You can't read a book. With other people. While people are talking yeah. next to you. Yeah. I'll that, just keep the horror in the books. That yeah. idea. Can't do the, I can't do it. The <laughs> idea of bringing a comedic mindset to a horror movie and letting it transform into a dark comedy. That's the only way I can watch <laughs> a horror movie. I have never thought of it that way. That is. If I make jokes during wild. the movie, that's the only way I can watch it. Well, because course, I get nightmares yeah. and I want to die. Of course, we have the corollary, <laughs> too. Like, if, if you interpret comedies the right way, it, it can be quickly yeah. become like, oh, man, that reminds me of... Any romantic uh, comedy is a horror movie. Well, it reminds me of the clips they do of uh, Ross Geller on Friends without the laugh track. Oh, yeah, that's so mm. creepy. And the guy is like... <laughs> straight up psychopath if you don't have like the audio cue of the laugh track from the audience yeah whoa Um, have you have you watched uh bo burnham's inside yes oh yes oh my gosh when he does the laugh track Um, on that one yeah 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 but i think that's a great example where like i didn't take that as a comedy at all i i thought it was like exceptionally thrilling Mm -hmm. totally there are funny parts but like that that scene where he's talking about suicide mm-hmm. and then he like transposes it onto the t-shirt yeah yep. while he just like looks off is like absolutely chilling to me yeah right and like he in the, the way that he like juxtaposes that stuff in between like goofy Sato. songs about jeff bezos you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i don't know i thought it was incredibly poignant but like an incredible like juxtaposition of like classic like horror tropes mm-hmm. yeah, mixed totally. in with this comedy and it, it, it was it was a ride man <laughs> this is drew i love your interpretation of the passion question then like i really appreciate the direction you took that that is i think that is uh yeah thank you uh, that it, it's something unique i think that has come to the show and i really appreciate that with all of I'm that i'm also passionate about my animals well there you go <laughs> that's different but so, not birds w- and we will <laughs> but not <laughs> birds sorry i gave dixie a teaser about your birds it's true uh, i'm extremely passionate about birds your, but in the wrong kind of way yeah. your bird takes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so with with this kind of backdrop as like a passion for being present with other people and like just really having in the forefront of your mind that that mindset of 
being present, being focused on the relationship in front of you and not the other things that could be happening on the internet or anywhere else. Tell me a little bit about the the different hobbies you partake in. So D&D is one I mentioned mm-hmm. already. Yeah. I, I know you brew your own beer as well, but I'm sure there are things yeah. I don't know about. Do you call yeah, it I, the uh, Drew Brew? That's powerful. I want. I, I was calling. I was going to call it Drew Soup. Oh, that's good. Drew Soup or, or throw or it. Droop. <laughs> droop. Droop sounds a lot like goop, and I know I don't like goop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No goop. Call it the Drewery. There you go. Ooh. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I feel ashamed that I couldn't think of that earlier. Steven's really good at naming stuff, Branding and it makes name. me mad. Yeah, I like naming <laughs> things. <laughs> Fair enough. You're good at it. <sighs> Stupid. But um, yeah. So I brew beer. And I rock climb. Nice. And mm-hmm. that's kind of really it. Like, I mean, like to go camping and, and hiking and, and stuff like rocks. that. But, but right. anything really that, like, I do believe that the, other than home brewing, I do, brewing at home is probably the, the thing that's most insular, like, that I do with the fewest people and I do mostly on my own. Like, my friends right. will come over and they'll help me. But uh, that's largely, like, I make the recipe, I go get the stuff, I boil right. it, and, you know, mm. we just hang out while I do that. Um, but even then, but like, the end product is like, hey, come over. Yeah. I just finished a brew. Let's hang out. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's always pointed towards Come that. on yeah. over to the that's, drewery. That's so good. And See, enjoy some there's, brewery. There's a serious good ring to that. <laughs> the drewery. <laughs> it's got to get a spot. Yeah. But, uh, like oh. rock climbing or like soccer, like watching soccer. Like I, I love watching European soccer. Yes. But the main reason I love watching soccer is like when we were in college, like me and my roommates would watch soccer games together and it, that could have been hockey. That could have been anything. It's all so about like, the connectivity. Yeah. Like rock climbing could have been anything. Yeah. It could have been any place. Like if I had gone somewhere different when we first moved here and met people there, mm-hmm. I would just be doing that. It's not the rock climbing that I love about rock climbing. Mm-hmm. It's my, my friends that I rock climb with. Right. I'm less likely to go climbing if, you know, Andrew Miller's not climbing or Taylor and Bryce aren't climbing or mm-hmm. some other people that I know, like if they're not there, I care less to be there. Right. Right. Have you gone so. climbing with Tim? I have. Nice. Yeah. Many times. Time. Yeah. So it's not a solo sport for you. And like even, even brewing is like, <laughs> come hang out while I start a batch. And then when it's over, come back over and we'll, you know, we'll all try it together. Hang out. Very much. That's very consistent as well. I appreciate that as well. Do you like to follow any, um, well, actually first I, I missed the opportunity. What's your, what's the club you follow your soccer team? Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea football club. Got to give you a chance to say that. Oh yeah. Big time. Absolutely. All right. It's going to be a good year. So yeah, the day we're recording, this is like the beginning of the new season. Is that right? I don't know how yeah, soccer the, works. The premier league just kicked off their first game of the year, uh, or, the first game of the Premier League season today. Yep. Excellent. Chelsea play tomorrow at 8 a.m. Right Love now, sports ball. Fantastic. Drew, do you like to follow any particular um, like daily morning or evening routines? No. No. I, I saw that question. <laughs> I and, hate mornings. Um, you make the coffee and move on. Yeah. I Unless I, I don't really have like plans or anything. You know, like I need coffee in the morning. Right. That's it. Sometimes mm. before bed, I'll eat cookies and milk. That's yeah. That is a delightful Smart. treat. I love that. Yeah. I saw that question and I was disappointed with myself. <laughs> no, you don't need to be. I I ask because I'm I'm fascinated by the way 
different people operate and you are one of the people who are not like me, but I, I can very much Steven, appreciate your mode of being. Yeah. I told Steven when we started making this podcast that like a solid 65% of the people we interview aren't going to have answers for that question. <laughs> That's good. And when they don't, yeah, we yeah. can move on very quickly. It's effective. It's efficient. Yeah. I, I just don't have that in me. Yeah. I, 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 I do think it boils back to the, I used to, try to do stuff like that and i think it boils back to the like if i don't do something i'm not going to do another thing and i'm not going to do another thing yeah oh so, wow right so I, I i used to try to be like i'm going to do this every day and do this and do this and uh it's just like outside you, of like waking up brushing yeah. your teeth getting coffee going to work if you don't set goals you can't fail fail so. yeah exactly <laughs> which Dixie is gets that's it. how i roll <laughs> like i didn't <laughs> say nice. anything about getting out of bed <laughs> so well then will you I'm, I'm sure they create a bit of a routine in and of themselves but so will you tell me about your pets next yeah we have a uh, one cat named bruce and a dog named ziggy and ziggy, ziggy. is an she's, apparently she's the mean yeah one. <laughs> yeah ziggy he uh he's an alaskan klika he's a they're like a general, generally a relatively new breed. Yeah. Uh, I think they're like 40 years old, huh. but they're just like really small huskies. Oh, okay. So he's about 14 pounds. He goes up maybe to like my knee and I'm not a very tall person. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah. He's super cute. And he's named after uh, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. The the Bowie character. Of course. And uh, Bruce, he is named after Bruce Wayne. Obviously. He is a, a rescue cat. And he's he's quite pleasant. He, he likes people. He likes to be held. He likes pets. But uh, Ziggy, on the other hand, is not. Ziggy is the most cat-like dog you'd ever see. <laughs> and Bruce is the most dog-like cat. He likes belly rubs and stuff like that. I get that. I'm sorry that we teased birds. And now, of I course, we to have to know. resolve the thing. You yeah. literally yesterday at work, you told me about why you fear birds. <laughs> and would, yeah, would you would you just rehash so, that a little bit? Yeah. The main reason I don't like birds is that you can't, at least, or I can't look at them and know when they're happy or mad or anything like they're expressionless animals just like reptiles like, i don't like reptiles because they, they don't smile and they don't make faces like so i'm sure and i'm sure some people are like they could be like oh you know like you just look at their tails or like you know look yeah. at their body language and i'm just like i know like I know. when my dog's happy right and <laughs> it's i don't very like, clear <laughs> yeah my, i know when my cat's happy and so like birds like you look at them and they've got you know cold dead eyes and they <laughs> don't it doesn't you know, don't, help that their brains are smaller than their eyes. What's crazy is like I was telling Stephen this yesterday that like they have the cognitive abilities of like five year olds. Yep. They they can make plans. Right. And yeah. lie. Like they oh. can do these things. Yeah, we were talking they about the parrot that <laughs> yeah. used to lure yeah. you. Yeah. Will what? you tell us about that bird? <laughs> so my dad had this parrot and like it would it would only bite you on its cage. But what it learned that like so like my dad would call the bird he said come here and the bird would like fly over to him and so he learned that like if you say come here things come to you oh no and so what he would do the bird learned no. that. yeah <laughs> yeah he would this bird it would get on the arm of the couch while you're there and it would just like say like come here and it would like move its head and like mm. in the direction of its cage and it would start walking towards its cage to murder you yeah if you didn't go like if, it, if you didn't follow it it would just come back and you'd be like come here and start walking away again. You're and this bird was a psychopath. <laughs> and it would resort sometimes to like, it would like lift its wing up on the couch and let you pet it mm -hmm. to lure you into this Trick false you. sense of security 
that like, oh, Get yeah, van. You, you can pet me. It's totally fine. <laughs> totally like you. And then like you'll follow it over to its cage and it'll lift its wing up, you know, to get some pets under the wing. Yeah. And you go the moment you go to, to pet it, bite you right in the fingers. Ooh. I love I love this idea of like they make plans. They yeah. do. <laughs> They're so smart. Like he knew like they can get depressed is, too. The bird it wanted to bite somebody. Yeah. Like that's what it wanted to do. And it devised a plan to bite somebody. Right. Yeah. Like it thought about it and like hashed through some ideas. Yeah. Probably tried some that didn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like experimentation it's just like a like a toddler you know like crying yeah. to get stuff like that's exactly what it is <laughs> like if i do this yeah. they'll give me stuff wow but i can i can look at ziggy the wrong way and he knows that he's what he's doing is bad and he's just like all right i won't do that anymore sorry <laughs> he just leaves he doesn't ever think like what's a different way that i could do this yeah. you know birds are weird birds are weird birds I, uh, are weird drew sticks today, to mammals we're good with yeah, mammals just yeah Mammary glands and hair. I like animals like that. Right. But I prefer aquatic that, mammals. <laughs> aquatic mammals are fine, but I don't, I'm not a huge... Like, a fish or another animal that, you, you know, if they got sharp teeth, you can't really... You don't know when they're mad. You yeah, know, you don't know fair. when they're going to strike. It's fair. But uh, you can't get a good read on them. But. <laughs> yeah. A little shifty. Yeah. They, they, shifty. they can move faster than you in the water. Hate you turtles. Know. They're condescending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the extra time, Drew. This this conversation yeah, needed to, to talk, go a little had longer. Had to talk about birds. Just right. had to. Yes. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh, man. It was fantastic. <laughs> it. It was oh, it's worst. always fantastic. The um, worst interview yet. We, rude. <laughs> we Fair like enough. asking the same questions of the guests at the very end for our closing questions, kind of checking in on what you're you're into right now. So we will start with what are you currently reading? Um, I just finished a book called uh, Death in Her Hands by Otessa Moshvig Okay, I thoroughly enjoyed right up until the end. I was not expecting the end and it it was it bummed me out. But uh, she's an author that has an incredible ability to paint pictures in your head with the words that she uses mm. in ways that I haven't quite encountered. And I'm, I'm quite new to her to her writing. Nice. But um, yeah, and I just I just started a, a book called uh, Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. Um, Jeez. it's like a yeah no, it thanks. won the Nobel prize in literature <laughs> a few years ago uh and it's like it's supposed to be like this murder thriller but also like have some kind of like the i think the woman that wrote it's polish but have mm. some like polish folklore and mythology kind of intertwined and woven into the story huh. so i'm hoping that it's kind of like a crime thriller with some of like the witcher mythology Ooh, okay. which i would find absolutely fascinating what are you currently watching? Are you in the middle of any shows or like YouTubes you like to check in on movies you've recently watched? There's a few. I'm watching the Americans on FX right now uh, or from FX. It's on Amazon, but that's just kind of one of those, just an interesting period piece on like Russian spies living mm. in America. It's not, I don't think it's recommendation worthy necessarily, but um, <laughs> it's what you're in. there. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's what I watch before I go to bed. But if I'm like wanting to watch something, uh, I think you should leave with Tim by Tim Robinson. Like mm. it's on Netflix. It's a sketch comedy thing. It is not for kids. <laughs> it has this like anxious comedy that is just hilarious. And like the sketch, like because it's sketch, you know, there's five sketches of a show. They're all three minutes long. Like, if you don't like a sketch, it's over. Right. Wow. You know, yeah. You're not committed to the characters or anything like that. What are you currently <laughs> listening to? Let's start with podcasts, like your top top faves. 
Yeah, Kyle turned me on to Have You Heard George's podcast oh, uh, a while you. ago, and that third season is out, and I am absolutely astounded by the quality and the messaging and everything like that. I, I can't speak highly enough of that. Yes. So yes, that and then uh, I, I listen to a soccer podcast too, um, which is less interesting probably to most, but uh, it's called the Guardian Football Weekly, and uh, they um, have a very tongue in cheek way of like discussing. Like it's not like a sports analysis podcast as much as it is, is like people hanging out telling you the news of the stories, but they focus more on like you know if there was like a streaker or something during a game, <laughs> like they'll give you the score of the game and they'll talk about the streaker or like one day mm. they spent like 20 minutes about how one of the hosts keeps a super a super soaker next to his window because sometimes people loiter outside and they're too loud and he'll squirt them <laughs> with squirt guns and stuff like that nice yes like, that's my kind of person what about music what comes on when you open like a streaming service or do you buy music and all that um i i, I buy vinyl records now i used to buy i have like 165 cds i keep in my car nice. um, i used to buy cds wow um but yeah i I buy vinyl records mostly now, but I do Spotify. Yeah, you know, almost ex- exclusively for my music. Mm-hmm. Right now, I've been on a, a bender of hardcore music. Uh, Capstan, they're a band from Orlando, in the vein of Silverstein or something like that, and they just released a new album that I think is fantastic. And then, uh, if anyone's ever listened to it's another one, this album came out last year. It's called Brave Faces, Everyone, by a band called Spanish Love Songs. That one is more of like a social commentary in the vein of uh, the Wonder Years or, you know, a more pop punk band. But I think that they they do a good job of like vocalizing and uh, writing songs that are are current and they can exist now and maybe not later. Right. That makes any sense. Wow. Yeah. And lastly, I, I, I love I love music. So I could I could talk about this for a long time. There's a British brand called Creeper and uh, Creeper. Um, very Bowie-esque. So it's like oh. theatrical rock and roll with lots of different instruments. The guy has incredible vocal range and um, their their most recent album is called Sex, Death, and the Infinite Void. It's like a whole story and it's all kind of like it's like some a mix, a weird blend of like David Bowie and the Misfits and like some My Chemical Romance <laughs> and like put it all together and you get this like kind I of love like this B horror story right with like glam rock vibes, but told in this like almost novelistic way. All right. Um, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Wow. So good. <laughs> Drew, thanks so much for being on the show. This has been a blast. It was about time we did this after working together for geez, how long almost has it been? Three years. Almost three years now. Ridiculous. So Drew, I normally tell people like ask our guests to share with our listeners where they could find them on the internet, but we know you don't do that. So do you have anything you'd like to plug any projects or anything of that nature? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I do donate uh, once a month to the Billings food bank. So for anyone listening, I would recommend just, you know, looking up your local food bank. And if you have some old cans, old things, just go on their website and see what you can give. You know, people don't have jobs right now, but you know, there's always, you know, hungry people and hungry kids and uh, it would, it's just helpful. So yeah. And your local food bank be great. Oh, fantastic. Um, would you close us by reading our favorite quote for the podcast? Yeah, for sure. The only normal people, you know, are the ones you don't know very well. Thank you for joining us. 
You can follow the Hennings on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen G. Henning and at Dixie Lee Henning. Our theme music is composed and performed by Stephen and Dixie Henning and was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Austin Smith. Our artwork is designed by Dixie Lee Henning. Find more of her work at DixieLeeDraws.com, at DixieLeeDraws on both Instagram and TikTok, and at DrawsDixie on Twitter. Welcome to the Into Podcast, where we seek to insight, insight, pursuing truth for the sake of wonder. Meet my parents. That's, That's us. us. I'm Pops. I'm the cotton candy queen. My wife, Katie. Hello. My best friend, Kevin. Am I the best friend or the wife? And me, Alex. Hey. Join us to have an honest and encouraging conversation about whatever it is that we're into. Highline Media Network, normal people in normal places.